Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. It is Tuesday, it is 1034, and it's time to chat with the head coach of Weber State, Jay Hill, kind enough to join us right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. The playoffs are finally here. Weber State will open up against Southern Illinois, and Coach, uh, thanks for joining us. I know it's a busy week for you. How are you? We're doing good. Yeah, we're good. This is the week we've been waiting for for so long. So uh, I, I know you're excited to get it started. Uh, I will, and I know, look, you're all class, and you always take the high road. But were you a little surprised at the seed on, uh, when, when it was announced on Sunday? We were. I mean, we thought we'd get a top four seed for sure, especially where you're, like, number two in the coaches' poll. And, you know, you've been there for the last four years, and just the stuff that we've accomplished, I thought that we would still get it. But, I mean – the reality of this year still is if you're a top four seed, you still, no one gets a bye week. So it doesn't help you in that sense. And no matter what, if you're going to win a championship, you're going to have to beat a really, really great team somewhere along the way. And so whether you have to do it in round two or you got to do it in round four, it doesn't matter. You're going to have to get through that team anyway. What do you think it came down to <clears throat> coach in the long run of that decision? Was it uh, the amount of games played? Was it strength of conference? What, what did what did they overlook here? Because I think we're as baffled as you are. Well, I I don't know, and I wouldn't. I, I just I, I wouldn't dare guess on exactly what it came down to because some of the teams that uh, did get ranked higher, um, it's not like they played a way harder schedule than us. Like Sam Houston, you can't say that the Southland played a way harder schedule than we did. No way. And James Madison, from them to drop from number one, where they've been basically one or two for the last eight years in a row, and they're undefeated, for them to drop from one to three makes zero sense. That's even more baffling to me than than us dropping, you know, out of the top four. It it's just I don't know. I don't I don't get that one at all. Well, it does. It wouldn't be a playoffs if you're not playing James Madison, and you have them on the other side of the bracket. So I guess that's your national championship matchup right there. So I sure hope so. That'd be sweet. Huh? <laughs> he said, I sure hope so. How was the coach? How was the week off? Uh, were you able to rest some guys and uh, get yourself in a better spot health wise? We we are. We're we're still really beat up on our offensive line right now. Uh, that's a concern of mine. Just making sure those backups come in and play well. Um, it's not every day that you can have to go in and play with you know three backups in a game in a playoff game, but. That, that's kind of how this season's been is if someone gets hurt, you pick up the rifle and you go. 
we do get others back that we were missing for the last uh, couple weeks. So we're hoping Josh Davis will be much healthier than he's been and be able to get some good reps out of him this week. And um, the bottom line, the bye week was good. We needed it. Uh, We are going to get a couple players back for this game, which is huge. Coach, what kind of home field advantage do you think you can accumulate this weekend? Well, it should be good just for the the sheer fact that they have to travel uh, with the NCAA tournament the way they're doing it right now. Everybody has to travel on Thursday, so you got to be on site the Thursday night before the Saturday game, and then they test everybody Friday morning. And so, you know, that that's going to make them have to travel on a little bit of a short week for them. Um, but the, it's not a huge advantage as far as crowd goes because the NCAA has limited every stadium in the playoffs to 25% capacity. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, uh, that's interesting because it, it has nothing to do with the locale. Yeah. You know, we could Why? actually put more fans in our stands, but the NCAA is limiting us. This is ridiculous to me. Yeah, in, in a climate where universities need department funding and every penny they can get their hands on and to have Weber State for the first time in school history have an outright conference championship and get first round uh, a performance at home and to limit ticket sales it just seems like it goes directly against what what the NCAA is there for yeah, I, you know, like I said, it's not my place to comment on exactly how or why they do things. I don't know the behind-the-scenes things of, you know, potential lawsuits or the spread of COVID. And I, I just, you guys know all along through this whole thing, it's been a frustration of mine and not necessarily the way I envision things going, but, you know, that there's much smarter people out there in the world than me that make, you know, much more important decisions. So let's uh, let's look at the Southern Illinois team. You get them in the uh, that first round. They played eight games on the year. They're five and three. Uh, what jumps out when you look at them on film, and and what are you expecting from this squad? Well, I think they're a very good team. You know, you say, well, coach, they got three losses, but all three losses are to playoff teams. Uh, all three losses, they were competing at the majority of the game. The one against South Dakota State got out of hand a little bit, but you know they had a three nothing lead midway through the second quarter in that league game and then it got away from them late but uh they're a good team and they just beat southeast louisiana who was on the bubble to be a playoff team and they put 800 yards of offense against them in one game 800 yards i don't even know what that looks like but it was absolutely crazy so we got our work cut out for us this is a good team that will not be intimidated they beat north dakota state who's won eight of the last nine national championships. They beat them by 24 points earlier in the year. And so yeah. this, is, this is a real team coming in here that we're going to have to be ready for. How's Davis' health, and is he going to be available for this weekend? Uh, he'll be available. I don't know exactly how good he's going to be. I would say if you had to put a number on it right now, maybe 75%. Um, and you guys know, just as a tailback, just it's a big difference him being – 100 and him being 75 but uh he'll add something to us i know and he's tougher than nails he'll continue to rehab my guess is we're going to have him close to 100 by game time Uh, i just don't know how close we'll be on that the uh as you mentioned they played eight games is the fact that they've had eight games under their belt is that 
any kind of an advantage that they've uh, they've had a little bit more reps out there on the field this year, or is that kind of a moot point? Well, one of the games was actually played in the fall, SEMO. Oh, yeah, that's right. So they played one in the fall, and then, you know, they've done good this spring. I don't know that the extra two games is a huge difference. They had to fight the same thing. They had two games canceled relatively late in their year. So I think they played five straight, had two canceled, and then got one at the end. So, anyway, I I don't know that that's going to be a big factor one way or the other. Do you feel like um, just here at the end of the season, do you feel like Bronson Barron is currently playing his best football? Do you think he's do you think he's learned a lot, and do you think he's kind of more ready for a playoff look? Yeah, well. Hans, you know this as good as anybody, that when you're a freshman, the learning curve is so huge. And you just get better and better and better and better. And you hope that learning curve continues to be steep throughout your whole freshman, sophomore year. And then it slows down a little bit. But I I see Bronson getting better and better and better and better for the next, who knows, two years. Um, He's much more ready to play against a team like SEMO now. I mean, not SEMO, but... uh, southern illinois now than he was three weeks ago and he only continues to see things better uh to have a little bit more poise in the pocket because that's really what it is is once he understands and sees the blitzes the way he needs to um he can throw it good enough that there's no doubt about that he's just got to continue to get more reps and continue to see it has he not thrown an interception this year uh, you're putting me on the spot with that. Just look at, well, so. no, we're looking at the stat line, and it says zero. Zero's and we're like, is that really possible? But I guess so. Yeah, that's good. That's a, that's a good sign. That's, that's one thing he does is I, I don't see him out there making a bunch of dumb decisions. He, he's a real heady, smart guy. What he's working on right now is just being a little more comfortable in the pocket. Uh, there were times in high school where he was running for his life, and he and I had the conversation the other day on the practice of like, hey, you've got a college offensive line in front of you. Just trust them. Yeah. They're well coached. They do what they're supposed to do. Just trust these guys. They'll get it done. You stay in the pocket. When you learn to stay in the pocket and let it rip, and he's got a chance to be really special. Is that hard for quarterbacks to do? Because I've noticed that across the board. Young quarterbacks, they give up on the pocket way too soon and scramble out. Is that hard to coach out of a quarterback from time to time? Well, just think if you're a freshman quarterback and you got Hans Olsen growling and snarling and spitting on you and all that stuff and trying to kill you every play. Those guys want to get out of there. They want to get the ball out of their hand. And that's just part of the learning curve that a lot of these quarterbacks realize is that some of your biggest plays are going to be on those ones where you've got to hold on to it, hold on to it, hold on to it. And then once you let it rip, you might take a shot, but it's going to be a touchdown. And, you know, there's some real learning that goes into that. You're not just blessed. You're just not blessed with that. You got to. That's a learned behavior to be able to sit in the pocket and know you got guys barreling down on you, and you're going to be okay. You just got to hang in there. I think some of the stuff Hands would say pre-snap would probably do more because uh, some of the threats he makes sometimes to coworkers is enough to get people <laughs> <laughs> rattle the cage. People, <laughs> not not today, not not yet today. Oh. I I am on remote, so I'm. I'm away from most of the coworkers, but I, okay. I try. I try not to get too verbally aggressive. Yeah, I, I, Coach, I'm. I'm curious. What, 
how are you going to prepare through this week as compared to like a, a full season, a full scheduled year? Like, because you don't have as many games under your belt. You did talk about some of the injuries you're dealing with specifically with your offensive line, but how hard do you push through this week? Well, you know, I was having a conversation with Connor Mortensen, who I believe is an all-conference linebacker, and we'll find out that tomorrow when the all-conference teams come out. But he was telling me, Coach, my body is actually starting to feel better and better as the season goes on because they're more used to the pounding. Remember now, all through the fall and even through the – the January time, man, we were doing everything we could to get out there and get in pads and pound bang, but we still didn't have a normal year that we were coming off of. And so it had been a long time since these guys had been in pads and their bodies got used to all the hitting and pounding that it takes. So some of our guys are actually getting healthier. Uh, I don't see that this week's going to be any different than the other weeks, other than we've taken a period or two off of practices. Um, just because we need to still bang, we still need to get better. Uh, but where we've got five games under our belt, we've been practicing since January 29th. I don't need to go out there and just have three-hour practices and beat these guys to a, to a, you know, a bloody stump. With it, these guys got to be healthy and running fast and moving well to be able to get a playoff win. Do you have your GAs or anybody try to peek ahead to next week on potential opponents to try to – if you do win, get a jump start on, on on a scout at all, or is it all just Southern Illinois right now? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So our coaches are all Southern Illinois. We don't overlook anybody. Um, we, we give them all our focus and attention. The GAs do move ahead because I need all that stuff done. As soon as this game's over, we got to get jump started on the next one. So that next game is always done. Most of it is done before we even play this week's game coach are we almost back to normal recruiting uh visits and and interactions no uh but we're getting there there's there's an end in sight which is good the dead period goes through may 31st so we're we still have a month and a half or so of this current dead cycle but then we're hoping in june is that fbs and fcs yes okay yeah yeah, so we're held under almost identical recruiting calendars, almost identical. Uh, and we're hoping that come June and July, they're going to let us have some workouts on campus and some camps and things like that. But, again, a lot of the campuses are not allowing that. So the NCA might approve it, but the campuses might not. So there's still some things that we're fighting through. Um, but the NCAA is showing an end in sight as far as the, the recruiting cycle goes. And I, we all knew it was coming, and now it's here, the uh, one free transfer. Um, is this something that uh, you're – I mean, is it something that bothers you? Is it something that affects you? Or is it just, hey, let's just keep loving up our guys and making sure they want to stay here? How do you, how do you approach this? Um, everything you just said. You have to love up your guys. they got to feel like you – they're playing for the best coach in the country and that you can get them everywhere they need to be if they were to go to another program, that that's not going to help them. So that's one thing that is very important. Do I like this idea of just letting anybody have a freebie once-for-all transfer? Not really. Because the, the, the reality is you make this decision to go to an institution because of ac- academics, because of football, and 
if that was your decision when you were coming out of high school, why does it change so drastically the next year? And I, I just don't love the ability that everybody's just out there with a free with the, with a freebie. The other thing I don't like is you potentially could lose your whole team. So you could have a really good team one year, and then and then come May, that all your guys say, "Well, coach, I'm out. I just decided I'm going to go somewhere else." And then you're stuck with 30 guys on your football team. And now, as a football coach, you're scrambling with two months before fall camp to try to go fix it. I, I just I don't like what that represents for our sport and game. I don't think it's the right thing to do. I don't think it's fair to the other teammates that are sticking around. That's like not fair to all the other guys that are sticking around. And uh, if there are exceptions to this and and you're being pushed out or you're just not good enough and you want to transfer down or whatever reason, they've been given those exceptions in the past. I don't get why it's got to drastically just be a one-time everybody-can-do-it deal. That just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Difficult world we're living in. It's all just – all brand new. Well, and, I, and I get it. And they say, well, the coach can go anytime he wants. And, and I totally understand that part. The coach can go anytime he wants. The difference being, and this is drastic, is a lot of these coaches, if they go, they got a huge buyout they got to pay. Or they're doing it for other reasons. It's, it's not exactly the same, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, I hope these guys make good decisions because I, I could see a lot of guys ending their football careers thinking that there's going to be something out there for them. And well, there, there's a reason that there was a saying year. I mean, it's been hundreds of years ago that the saying, the grass is not always greener. Um, and I would dare say in the big majority of the cases that these guys are going to find that the grass is not always greener. Yeah. In fact, I can go almost without question on all the guys that have transferred here to Weber State, and it's, a lot of times it just doesn't work out any better. So I, I would dare say the majority of the people that are transferred, uh, it's not going to work out necessarily great for them. Yeah, I just, you know, there's probably some kids out there that put their name in the portal and they think 10 minutes later that phone's going to be blowing up and ringing off the hook and they'll be making announcements on Twitter about their top 10 or their top five or whatever the case is. And <laughs> when, that, when that phone doesn't ring, it's probably a rude awakening and there's nothing they can do about it at that point. Well, there's not. And, and, you know, not everybody's going to be like the Justin Fields. Yeah. Where you were a four- or five-star guy coming out of high school. Everybody knew about you. You're sitting behind a really top-notch guy. And so you transfer and you get a big-time deal and you're the starter. Uh, It's just that's not how it's going to be. Or the quarterback that was at LSU two years ago. There's just not every situation is going to play out like that. Some will, but I'm telling you, in, in the big majority of the cases, it won't be like that. Yeah. Well, Coach, good luck on Saturday. Uh, looking forward to catching up with you next week. Okay. All right, Go guys. get them, Coach. Appreciate yep. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Weber State, Southern Illinois, first round of the FCS playoffs right here on uh, 97.5, 1280 The Zone.